On today's show, we are going to look at the new paradigm that we are uh, confronted with here as, as we look at the results of the pandemic and the changes to our culture and to our society. Where do you see yourself a year from now? Where do you see yourself two years from now? Where do you see yourself a week from now? Ready to dive in? Welcome to Adventures in Truth Podcast. Every episode, we explore, expand, and evolve our understanding of the truths we encounter and experience in our human quest for clarity and exponential growth. And now welcome your hosts, Dr. Jeffrey Smith and Jim Case. Welcome to Adventures in Truth Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Adventures in Truth Podcast. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you? Never better, Jim. How about yourself, sir? I'm well. I'm well. I want to take a quick second here, segue, um, if we could, because we want to do our shout out. Did you have anybody in particular, Jeff, you'd like to shout out to today? Just once again, all the people that are showing up that don't have the time off, that are continuing to keep businesses open and keep the show going for being brave regardless of whether you're getting paid or not, or putting yourself in harm's way, uh, just appreciating people that are doing the right thing for the right reason and uh, take my hat off to you and appreciate all that. So keep it up. Thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. And all those people that are out there on the front lines working in hospitals and doctors and nurses and delivery people and everybody who's willingly being exposed, you know, again, we're, we don't come from a position of fear about this. But there is the reality of a virus that is moving through the population of our planet, whatever that means in the scheme of things. But uh, it's remarkable and actually leads well to our discussion today. I was thinking about this, that um, as I'm seeing all of these commercials and things on television and on the web and all of these, I was watching this one, uh, this one commercial that came on with Walmart and has kit people that work at Walmart doing these different aspects of the commercial and a few of them are singing and it's meant to be an uplifting commercial. And I thought, you know, what bullshit, what complete bullshit, because they're trying to promote a positive message, but those people are sacrificing themselves for a company to stay open. They're contributing to that company continuing to make money, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but it's just how twisted this, how twisted we have become in this society about how we see our purpose and, and our usefulness. And I get it. The people that are working are probably appreciating that they get to work and they're appreciating that they're making money. And, and that's all, you know, again, that's all good, but it, it just strikes me as very disingenuous. I just, I, I struggle with it, but without getting derailed too much. Um, the reason that leads us to the conversation today is because, you know, prior to coming on, we were, we we're having a conversation kind of brainstorming about new paradigms and uh, what is this leading us to and, and, and how will we make choices moving forward in the future? And the future is a week, a month, a year. You know, we currently have no clue how long this situation is going to be the way it is. Right. Um, and, you know, with the, the lack of testing and, and no vaccine for a year and a half, it's not looking, it's not looking good. So uh, looking good from the perspective that this 
as it is, is going to modify a whole lot in the immediate future. Could be, I mean, I could be making that up. I don't know. But so again, you know, we've talked about this before, but this, we want to encourage all of the listeners out there to be thinking in terms of how can I impact my future the most effectively? Um, How can I, how can I walk this process in a way that I feel joy? I feel peace. I feel clarity. And I'm willing to understand that there's a lot of not know right now, but I still want to focus my energy. I still want to direct my focus. Um, one of the things I think we have to be very careful of in this process is that, uh, and this is something I, I, I've observed too with, with Michael, is, is for people who have been very focused in either jobs they don't like or things they're doing that they don't like or jobs that they've been at for a long time, um, there's a period of, of, defragmenting that goes on when you have this kind of situation. I say this kind of situation, meaning time where you're not going to a job and you're not having to be anywhere, do anything. And our immediate response to that or a large response to that is just stop and drop, you know, (laughs) sort of like I'm now the couch potato. I'm going to stay a couch potato. Please feed me grapes. I'm going to, and if I have to, I'll take the dog out. Um, you know, kind of, kind of an idea as opposed to, uh, allowing that for a brief period of time for your body to kind of get its juices back and, and to kind of disconnect from all of that energy so that you can focus on yourself so that you can focus on self-development and self become your own self-fulfilling prophecy. How's that? You, you can, you can begin to wield your energy and wield your focus in the ways that you were meant to, instead of how you've been trained to. Interesting conjecture, Jim. I'd like to go back to your opener with the uh, frontline workers and uh, keeping Walmart open. I think more specifically, that was seemed to provide some frustration for you. Uh, I think most of us would like to know that markets are open, that some store that sells the things that we need is still open and accessible. Uh, the idea that it's Walmart might be what is the, the, the major issue as far as it's a huge, huge worldwide representation of maybe what we don't like. That the mom and pops general stores have long been forgotten. Mm. And most of the way that we do business on the planet today is franchises of large corporations and that those large corporations are primarily most benefit themselves rather than the people that procure their uh, items or their services. And that might be something that we could earmark uh, and come back and visit in this podcast is a notion of, do we want a world with Walmart or do we want a world with small, more community-based businesses that we know the owners, that we know that the owners are really interested in the community that they live in, and that we have relationship with the people running the shops that we promote and the services that we uh, get. Uh, So that that might be, for me, what would be driving the issue of... uh, the whole Walmart, Costco, all the major gas stations, uh, just the news channels, everything seems to be uh, 
big, 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 big. And the bigger it is, the more power it has, the more influence it has. Yes, we may like shopping at Walmart because we pay a few cents less for each item because they can buy a million of them and through volume, you know, keep the cost down. Uh, but at the end of the day, it drives a uh, stock and it's all about the shareholders, not necessarily the workers or even the community that the stores are in. And we've gotten to a point in human history where we can say uh, enough. Profit is not worth all of that. If we paid a little bit more, we might have a whole lot less of the stuff we don't like. Because mm -hmm. uh, there is going to be a cost. Anytime that you have quality, uh, you know, it's the quality versus quantity kind of issue. Um, <laughs> I don't know what led me to it, Jim, but in a somewhat related way, I had a couple of frozen dinners recently. Mm -hmm. um, just you know, went out. We don't know how much to buy or what to buy or how long we might have to stay inside and not have anything. So I had some frozen dinners and as I was eating them, I'm like, I don't know whether the cardboard box would be better for me to eat or the actual food that's inside of this. I mean, literally, I, I actually had that thought. It's like, this looks like food. It smells like food, but this is not food. I don't even know what it is that I'm eating right now. And I literally could only eat about half of it. And I was just like, I can't put this in my body. And then I was just thinking how thankful I was for the restaurants that are still open and that you can go get takeout and have some real food. And sometimes since it's just me, I don't take the time to prepare a well-cooked meal just for myself. <laughs> and I am very fortunate that I'm in a relationship that uh, my girlfriend does prepare some amazing meals and it's very healthy and fresh. And for that, I'm very thankful. Uh, but it was interesting that I would really love it if we could do without frozen food and the way it's packaged and, and the, the picture always looks so much more amazing mm -hmm. than what it actually is. And that's, again, something that irks me. And it, I, I, you, you probably get irked by this also, just this what it's supposed to be and what it is are two very different things, right? So do we want to create a world where what it looks like is what it is? that we're not getting duped. There's not a, a hoax. There's not a bait and switch. Um, any of those old classical marketing ploys that mm -hmm. again are about the bottom line, about the shareholder price, stock price, et cetera. So putting some integrity back into our life, all that to be the background and the context for this statement. We're at a point in human history where it is so, so, so important that we begin to visualize what we want. So, dear listener, please be mindful of the question Jim asked 10 minutes ago. What do you want to be doing a year from now? What do you want to be doing two years from now? And when I say be doing, I'm talking about how do you want to be living? How do you want your life to be a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? The way that we're all in quarantine, self-imposed quarantine or volunteer quarantine, whatever you want to call it, we're all disenfranchised right now. And there is no corporate, communal, grassroots, community meetings that we're able to talk about what we want. 
amongst ourselves. This, this is like one of the only venues that I'm aware of that we can actually meet and exchange ideas and begin to create through visualizing and meditating and praying about what do we want to manifest. The way that it seems like we are being, <coughs> excuse me, the way that this is flowing so far is we'll tell you how this is going to be. You be good kids and go to your homes, go to your room right now and wait for us to tell you how this is going to unfold. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You do not get to tell me how this is going to unfold. We're going to tell you how this is going to unfold because we're going to create it. This is a venue. Jim and I are creating a venue that we are going to create a message and a movement to help people resonate with the truth, with integrity, with honesty, with purity, with kindness, with love as the driving motivations and the driving forces behind how we're going to live our lives. I do not want to promote fossil fuels. I do not want to promote nuclear energy. I do not want to promote the bottom line for all these mega corporations to keep driving their stock prices up, making their shareholders fabulously wealthy at the expense of people everything. actually doing the work. No, everything. Yeah. At the expense of everything. Absolutely. Nice. Everything. Nice. Yep. Only everything, right? And only everything. And that, you know, it's our, it's, it is our biggest adventure in truth, actually. Um, if you think about that, you know, we are, that's our banner is our adventures in truth. And, and the biggest adventure is, is what you just described, which is providing tools and, and, and a, a platform and a, and a space for people to, to begin to really focus into their life experience and realize how much they can change and how much they don't have to be a part of what has been. Um, and I think part of that, um, you know, as a first step to me is, is as you were talking, I'm hearing, but we have no idea where things are going to be in a year. We have no idea what the world's going to be like in a year. And what we're saying is, listener, we're saying create it. Yes. We obviously don't know what it looks like. So let's create it together. Let's create a world that we want to be in. Let's create, how do we do that? Well, the first step of that is first off feeling your way into, well, let me step back from that. First step is going to be taking the time with yourself and it doesn't have to be in a day, you know, um, it, it's about a, it's about an unfolding. So left foot, right foot, the process, but first let's look at those things that are working and those things that are not working in our current experience. And it doesn't matter what it is. Don't leave anything off the table. You got to go through all of it, every piece of it, and look at the sections and chunks and how you've chunked out your life or how you've, how you've, uh, created boxes for your existence or, you know, how you've, uh, how you've structured yourself to do everything you can because of your kids and you get nothing. Um, that's not healthy. That's not useful to your kids or to yourself, by the way. Um, the, those things where I'm trying to pull examples here so that if you're not understanding that you can get it from the examples I'm choosing, you're in a relationship that you've been in for a long time that doesn't serve. Why are you still there? What are you doing to change that energy, to change that experience? And again, I'm going to say bold face, straight in your face. If it's about kids, you're blowing, you're blowing smoke up your own butt because what they're learning is crappy relationships. They're not learning anything else. <laughs> so 
heads up on that. But anyway, so thinking about those chunks of your life, how is your life unfolding for you? Where are you? What do you love? What do you enjoy? What brings you joy? And, and what brings you fear? What brings you anxiety? What brings you, you know, you don't have to wallow in those things, but you have to understand how they apply in your existence. Like, why is, why do I feel this way? Stop. Ask yourself every single time, why do I feel this way? Look for the answers to why that is so that you can start to see the things we're talking about. Because if you're not seeing those things, it's going to make it more challenging. If you don't see the role the media is playing in this process, you're not going to see it. But if, you, if you're willing to see what is, you know, my point of bringing up that Walmart commercial and, and the disingenuousness of it um, for me is because it's, it's meant, it's a contrived message. It's meant to make you feel good about Walmart so you'll spend your money at Walmart. Look at how good we are to our people. They sing in our commercials. They dance. <laughs> they do all kinds of fabulousness. Know that they're such fabulous people. They treat them like shit, people. It's no different than any other, you know, it's just, it's a manipulation of your emotions. That's what's disingenuous to me. It's a complete manipulation of your emotion. So if you don't see it, because I can hear that, oh, but it's such a lovely, and in this time when everything is just so crappy and there's these, you know, look at this, it's, it, it, you know, it's great music and they're singing and she has a beautiful voice. And how cool is it that they get to be on a commercial? O okay. But what does that have to do with understanding what it, the message is actually doing? It's just serving you up the next level of manipulation. So again, not conspiracy theories, just sit back and watch. That's all you have to do. Observe. If you watch news, you observe. If you observe it, not from your perspective, but just observe it. How lopsided is the information you're getting? It's so obvious. It's silly. So anyway, rather than going down, the, but the point is here, get conscious, get conscious, get conscious, get conscious. That's the first, the really first step is paying attention. And then how do I want to feel? What do I want to feel? That's what you're beginning to create now. It's the feelings that you want to create first, because those are the things that are going to lay the foundation for where it unfolds. You don't have to know all the details about, well, a year from now, I'm going to have this much money. I'm going to live in this area. I'm going to do this. That's not what we're talking about. This is, this is a much broader stroke right now. We're changing the fabric of society. We're changing the fabric of how you've interacted with that. You're changing that if you're choosing to. So, evolving into that space of, of where do we go from here? So, okay, here's where the, here's where the current palette is. What, what do I want to do with this new palette? I have a new palette in my right hand and the old palette in my left hand. How am I going to, what am I going to do? What colors do I want to play with? Start there. What feelings do I want to feel? What, what, what things do I want to experience? Don't make it terribly specific. Just move in the general direction and let it start to unfold. Let it start to blossom in your own creative mind, in your own creative space, in your own energy. Because you have to understand that the process of creation has to be sourced through you. So it has to have a connection and anchor roots. It has to have those things in your energy system for them to come to flourish. So if it's just a mental concept, you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to have lots more of, of making, you know, making goals. Um, this is not about making goals. This is about changing your life. This is about stepping into a whole new paradigm of how we exist, how we live, how we thrive.
And I don't know about you, Jeff, but I really want to continue to thrive and I want more joy and I want more uh, connection. I want more of the things that enliven me. Um, and, and that's still happening and it's happening on a daily basis, even though I'm stuck at home. It's pretty remarkable because that's where the focus is. That's, that's where my energy is. Is it frustrating that I can't see past that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It is. Yeah. But it doesn't what, change the focus because the, the, the frustration is, I'm sorry, the frustration is just a resistance. The frustration is, I don't understand it. Therefore, I'm, I'm going to be struggling. You don't have to. You can acknowledge that you don't know and you can focus on something else. Sorry, go ahead. I, I find it fascinating, interesting, and even hopeful that the self-imposed quarantines that we're doing are requiring us to get to know ourselves a bit better, uh, giving us the opportunity to do all of the things that are at the very bottom of our list because we never had massive amounts of time alone or in a small group, uh, if it's roommate situation or uh, family, if you have people living in, the, in your domicile with you. This is the time to go back into your prayer closet or this is the time to truly learn how to meditate, to pursue that spiritual path that you've wondered about or wanted to know more about. But the work schedule, the helter-skelter of life and all the things you su are supposed to do to have coherence and being able to have conversation with other people that you feel compelled to know something about. So you have to know a little bit about sports to know a little bit about the news, you have to know a little bit about the weather, a little bit about the politics, just in order to feel like you're part of the community. But what if we didn't have to do any of those things? And that's what really the opportunity right now is, you don't really have anybody to talk to other than yourself. So why are you watching the news? Why are you, if there are people paying attention to who potentially is gonna get drafted in the NFL draft at the end of this month, I'm sorry, but that to me seems like the biggest waste of time for you to be spending any interest in right now because it has no real bearing or value on your life. That's you being interested in somebody else's life that you're probably never going to meet and never going to have any direct impact with. So stop doing it. Just as an example. That's a great example. And I want you to pick that up on the other side because I think it's a good thread to pull. Um, how many things have we attached to that have nothing to do with the furthering of our own personal existence? Um, and there's a million of them, people. So we want you to stay tuned. We're going to be back right after this break. Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. 
This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom, profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit thecouragetochangeeverything.com. That's thecouragetochangeeverything.com. Okay, and we're back. And uh, we're going to pick up where we left off here with uh, this idea of, of how many things we have in our lives that have nothing or contribute nothing to furthering our growth and evolution. And not that they have to everything, but to Jeff's point about, you know, fantasy football, uh, or not fantasy football, whatever it is. The, the, well, that too. That's another yeah. great example. The, uh, it's, it's not even real. And people spend massive amounts of time on it. That, that, that I think is even a better example. Yeah. And you, they you can't know. even watch it. Right. You can't even watch fantasy football. It's just all based on statistics of the real game being played that gets attributed to fantasy teams that somehow it's all just digits and numbers. <laughs> would you call that a rabbit hole? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would call it a massive waste of time that has zero value. Well, let's, let's remove the judgment. Um, it's not, let's, let's look at it more from the perspective we're talking about, which is, while it, it may be a waste of time to you, it isn't apparently a waste of time to a lot of people who do it, but it is an enormous distraction. And, and, and maybe that's a better word here for what we're talking about is that all of these things are monumental distractions. And so it isn't that you can't watch a football game if that's what you get into. But here's the deal. When it becomes about the shirts and the decals and the... Um, I can't wait till Friday because the game's on Sunday and my whole life is about the football season and everything that's happening. And then I'm also doing uh, fantasy football. So that consumes half of my week so that I have the other half of my week to watch football. Guess what? If you do, you, well, let me ask you a question to that, to that point. If that's your focus, do you, do you know why you're on this planet? Do you know why you feel like you do? Do you know why you have relationships that don't work? Do you know why your kids don't like you? Do you know why you don't uh, like your kids? You don't like your kids. <laughs> Do you know why your wife and you fight more than you don't or your husband or your significant other? The point being is look at those things again. And, and, and I'm going to say flat out, I apologize if, if anywhere in this process, we have presented a, a picture that, that we're judging your process. And that's not the case at all. We are presenting from our perspective the things that we see as the truths of the situation, which are these are distractions. They, they, they have no value to who you are as an individual. They, have, they contribute nothing to your best and highest expression. They contribute nothing to, I mean, even if you want to keep it focused in career mind, it contributes nothing to your career. It contributes nothing to your work. It contributes not. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, I'm just trying to make the point. Um, be aware of those things. That's part of the, the process of, of looking at the palettes. Um, what are you spending your time on? What do, what do you use for your distractions? Because we all have them. You know, I don't want you, I don't want you for a second to think that we're any less distracted than you are. We just, we just know how we know there's a difference between being consciously distracted and being unconsciously distracted. <laughs> Cause at least if you're consciously distracted, you, you know, you're doing it and it's, it serves a purpose that 
you're allowing for because as a conscious person, you choose it because it serves something. And maybe what you do need is a complete break from whatever it is you've been doing. Okay. So you do that, but that's it. It ends there. It's done. You move back. But when you're done, you go back into your centered, grounded place and you don't ever really lose it. Although in the distraction, you do a little bit, but, but it's interesting. That even provides an interesting question, which is, which is when you're centered and you feel that joy and contentment and peace, why would you want to be distracted from that? Right. So if there are major things people are spending time on that you're calling a distraction, it would largely be because they're not content. They have not found a balance, a work-life relationship, spiritual path balance. So the distractions serve a great purpose. However, one of the things you said a moment ago that I'd really like to go back and uh, piggyback on and reinforce yeah. is why did you come here? Why are you on the planet? Because I guarantee there was not massive amounts of planning prior to coming here that involved, I got to spend X number of hours a week in my fantasy football league. I'm pretty sure whoever's running the universe didn't say, yeah, that, that's a noble cause that you really do need to spend two or three hours a week uh, planning it, strategizing, and then talking about it with the other people in your league. And maybe that's really why people are playing it is so that they have something in common with someone else that they're trying to create a connection with. But my goodness, couldn't that be done in another way? Does Well, does and fantasy... there's definitely community. Yeah, there's definitely, I think, a community element to that. Because it doesn't matter where you go or what you do, wherever you are in the country, pretty much you can go into any major city and talk fantasy football and you'll have hordes of people that you can talk to about. Sure. There are people that you can socialize with about that or have a beer over or whatever. If these things are at the top of the list rather than at the bottom of the list, maybe that's something that people right now have the opportunity of reprioritizing is we all have 168 hours in a week. That's common for everyone on the planet. Mm -hmm. After you subtract out sleep and health care and self care, uh, work to whatever degree that obtains you know, some of those hours, there really isn't a lot of time left over for things that really don't have value. And particularly if you're not spending, say, 30, 40 minutes a day exercising or doing yoga, stretching, if you're not doing meal prep, if you're not outside doing some kind of gardening, gardening is actually, in my opinion, a really, really important thing to do, even if it's not vegetables, if it's flowers, if it's something, but gardening is an incredibly uh, important spiritual practice to be in tune with nature, to grow something, to be connected to it, to take care of something, to tend to it. Same thing with animals. We, we really need to have some animals in our life. Uh, and then comes your meditation and prayer time. And some people have that at the top of their list. They would forego meals if they had to choose between eating and meditating, there are some on the planet who value the meditation experience so much more than physical sustainment uh, that it means that much to them. And they get so much joy and satisfaction and purpose and inspiration and enlightenment from that. And for, um, sadly to me, most people have it at the very bottom of their list yeah. or they don't even do it at all. They'll, they'll maybe go to church and they'll pray at church 
but do they go home and pray? Is that like the only time that they're in that mode? Um, and that, so these are all things that we're getting to look at right now because you can't even go to church. Um, people are watching it on the net and I'm people that are doing that, that I'm working with are saying, gosh, it's really different. It's just not the same. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be. It's like I watched Saturday Night Live recently. So my girlfriend and her daughter were watching it and it's like they were all doing it from their own homes. And it's like, this just isn't funny. This this venue, the way, you know, the mechanics just aren't there. Mm -hmm. uh, the energy is not there. The actors need to pull the energy from each other and they can't do that from different places. Uh, so that's, that's just kind of interesting as well. So the opportunity to reprioritize what's really important. How are you going to be spending each and every one of those 168 hours a week in your life? Because there is a certain number of those. And as we, we spend them and they're gone, that's the one resource that is not renewable that we cannot get that back. Yeah. We've got to be willing, I'm tying into what, you know, as, as you talk about priorities, you got to be willing to get uncomfortable, you know, and, and here's the cool thing is that it doesn't matter whether you live alone or whether you live with a, your significant other or you have kids. Um, the cool thing is that everybody can do this and everybody should do this. Everybody should find that quiet time. You know, as adults, you're going to have more things to unpack. You're going to have more baggage to deal with, more layers to peel back um, in, the, in your personal process. Um, the kids, maybe not so much. But if you begin to work with them in the same capacity of setting up this sort of foundation of let's tap into our individual selves, let's spend time learning about who we are, and then how do we bring that together? The blessing is that you're living in an environment where you can separate yourselves, go into a space and, and spend time with yourself, and then come back together and, and, and work it out and talk about it and share about it and help each other evolve through some of the things that, that you've got to deal with. You know, Michael and I have had a couple of uh, interesting interchanges nothing earth shattering, but a couple of, you know, a couple of intensity spaces where, you know, we're both looking at our, our own things and we're dealing with this process the best we can. And sometimes the energy just collides and you got to talk through it and you got to fight through it or laugh through it or cry through it or whatever you got to do. But it's all, you know, it's all about setting ground rules and setting the foundation for how you can communicate about it and what you can communicate about and, and being able to support each other when you, when you're confronting stuff that's a little tougher. You know, there are some things that may require a little isolation to kind of get your, get your grip on because it's, it's more than you were willing or more than you understood you would, you know, be confronting or be, be looking at. Um, but again, it's, it's, it can be challenging, but it's so freaking rewarding and so, so uplifting and so bringing together. You know, we were talking about this uh, earlier about this idea of if it doesn't, if it doesn't stimulate love or joy, uh, upliftment, um, probably shouldn't be doing it. You know, we should probably be thinking about other things that that uh, that we want that that will contribute to that energy. But if you use that barometer, you can you can contrast all the things you do against that. Does it really support me? Does it really provide? Does it create love in my life? Does it create? Am I creating joy in this process? Is it bringing, does it uplift me? You know, what, all of those things. And, and 
you know, begin to, to step into that individually. And then you can actually talk about it collectively because how cool is it that you could get yourself on a path of clarity and then have the people you love aligned in that same path? How many of us, how many out there, listeners, how many of you out there have had that question? I know, you know, in my experience with law of attraction, you hear the same question 7,000 times about relationships. You know, how am I going to find the love of my life? Who's my soulmate? Who's my twin flame? What, what, why can't I seem to figure this out? Because you got to figure it out. <laughs> the only one's going to figure it out is you. And you do that through the process of getting quiet, meditating, learning who you are so that you learn to love who you are so that you bring love to any experience that you interact with any other human being. Changes every relationship you'll ever have. Everyone. And this is the perfect time to do it. And there may not be another one. Uh -huh. Like this. Like this. Like this. Yes. this. If we miss this opportunity to reprioritize the most important things in our life, another opportunity like this may not come around for a while. Could get so busy just jumping right back in to getting everything going again that the opportunity just doesn't come along. So please, let's make use of this opportunity in this time. In whatever way we can. And on that note, we are going to take a quick break. And on the other side of the break, uh, we're going to dive even more. Ranking Mastery is offering listeners a free 60-minute training. In this training, you will learn five simple things to get positioned in Google for all the products and services you offer. Together, we will learn and discover key phrases customers search all the time. Go to rankingmastery.com, look for the free training button, and enter the code MYFREETRAINING. We urge you to hurry because spots are limited, and similar trainings of this kind can easily cost thousands of dollars. Learn from the best, those who have generated over $4 million using these same exact strategies so that your company can take advantage of the top positioning in Google without having to spend tens of thousands of dollars on Google ads or SEO agencies. Remember, your potential clients are searching Google every day for products and services just like yours, and this is your chance to claim your position on the web. The only way to get this amazing deal is to visit rankingmastery.com. Click the free training button. Again, that's rankingmastery.com. All right, guys, and we're back. I'm having a great conversation about the new paradigms that uh, the new paradigm in general and specific that, that uh, we are being confronted with here and in, in learning about who we are and, and looking at those questions of, you know, if you're looking at where am I going to be a month from now, where am I going to be a year from now? Um, being able to begin to build what it is you want in that, in that vision, um, feeling the way you want to feel, experiencing what you want to experience and be able to begin to create the experience in life that you know is there for you. And the reason you know it's there for you is because it is, but you have to put the effort in to get there. And the, that, the foundation that we're trying to lay for that is first is that understanding yourself getting into deeply understanding what motivates you, what brings you joy, what brings you, what, what stimulates your love, but more importantly, what causes you to love yourself? What causes you to open to you and open to your joy and to your love and to your experience? Um, and uh, 
so we've been, you know, we've been contrasting that with a lot of things in society. And um, to some, it may sound like we're bashing things, but truly there, there's no judgment about it. It's just the observation of those things that we have observed and, and how they don't work and that we've both, you know, we've both been on the planet a while and, and our own particular processes have taken us over many varied courses. And interestingly enough, at least for these two people in this podcast who come from vastly different backgrounds, having had vastly different experiences, and we've come to the same place. Because we've done that work that leads to that unification, that leads to that connection, that leads to that alignment, that alignment creates connection. So there's the more that you do it, the deeper it gets, the more powerful it gets. Absolutely. I'd like to take a little bit of a segue, but it'll come right back to reinforcing the points that Jim is raising and that we're discussing. Uh, I don't know how often in my week, but I get an email from Netflix. I'm sure just like everybody else does. And Netflix wants to tell me what to watch based on what I have watched. So they're using some AI algorithms to come up with some suggestions because they desperately want me to keep being hypnotized and entrenched and tranced into the indoctrination and the messages in the shows that is programming us. And there are some shows that I really, really like on Netflix. They tend to be more documentary-ish. They tend to be the things on the edges of what is or what is becoming or what could be. Uh, I try to steer away from the crime scene, shoot them up, blow them up, drama, trash stuff that just was. That's the was model. I'm much more interested in the what could be model. But I find it fascinating that Netflix is one of those companies that really wants to control my mind. And it's not hard to just flow with that. Um, if we took a survey, most people would probably have far more good things to say about Netflix than bad things. Number one, it's really not that expensive. And there's a whole bunch of stuff you could spend. You could literally spend your entire life watching Netflix. There's enough programming out there to do that. But I just find it fascinating that they're now making suggestions to me of what I should watch, i.e. how I should spend my time and how I'm going to be programming myself. Because that's, that's what a show is. Even this show is a form of programming. We call it a program. We call it a show. Mm -hmm. uh, information, as it's presented in a certain way, is a way to program a way of thinking. A way of, and thinking creates feeling. Feeling creates behavior. Uh, so I'm asking our listeners, I'm also reinforcing it to myself, to be aware of everything that we are exposing ourselves to that has a message that's either going to be uplifting, i.e. love-based, uh, there's going to be more, there's going to be positive to it as opposed to negative. It's either life-giving, life-enhancing, or it's life-taking and draining. Um, so please, 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 please be mindful of how we're spending our time. The opportunity right now to just uh, be in a trance-induced state when you're watching any kind of a show, 
I, you know, people have probably heard when you're sitting in front of a screen, there's a flicker of the light and it literally does put us into a trans-induced meditative, mildly trans-induced meditative state. So it's so important that that has an opportunity to more impact our subconscious unconscious mind by bypassing the conscious mind because the conscious mind somewhat goes offline when you get into a hypnotic trans-induced state there's more of an opportunity for the programming to actually stick and become something that individually we take on as truth or as reality when in fact it's not it's all acting there's there's very few live shows out there unless it's a nature show uh, that isn't acting. So once again, just please, please, please be thoughtful, mindful of the programming that you're exposing yourself to, because the opportunity right now to get it right is so important. And to not just do more of what we did before this whole virus thing showed up by spending four or five hours a night, that, that's actually on the small side of hours per day, people spend watching social media, playing video games, watching TV or movies. It's a mass amount of time, mass, mass amount of time. And right now I'm hearing some people that aren't working that are at home are spending the bulk of their day in front of a screen mm -hmm. instead of in their prayer closet on their knees, if that's how you want to pray or whatever that is, or meditating in the Lotus position or however you're doing that, doing a guided meditation learning how to do something different or just going back to what you know inspired you and gave you some sense of purpose and some sense of the reason why you're here on the planet to learn as jim was talking about earlier to to learn to love yourself the word acceptance goes mm. for me synonymous with love really to truly learn to accept yourself unconditionally you know you showed up how you showed up what improvements do you want to make in your life? What modifications or changes do you want to make in your life uh, that you can wholly uh, accept yourself, uh, knowing that we are a project under construction and that uh, we are, you can't, you really can't do it wrong, uh, but there is progress to make. There is, uh, you know, if you look and at you life can't get it a, done. <laughs> right. It's like a university and we're here taking classes and we have uh, people come along that help teach these things to us if we'll be open to that. Yeah, there's a few things in, in what you were saying that I think are, are very powerful and some piggyback and additional information here. So I want to start with with uh, a core piece of this, and that's about beliefs. And. The reason I'm starting there is because I want, I want everybody to understand how a belief is created, basically, at a very basic level. A belief is a thought you keep thinking. That's all it is. That's all it will ever be. It's a thought that you keep thinking over and over and over and over again and probably has the depth of the belief will depend on how much emotional attachment or, or emotional impact you may have had around that. But it's basically a thought you keep thinking. So if you translate that into what Jeff was talking about with Netflix, when you give your mind a message over and over and over again, it doesn't matter if it's coming from your voice. If you're leaving yourself open to receiving a message over and over and over again, you begin, your mind will begin to build a belief about that thing because it doesn't differentiate between what you're looking at from your couch and what you're looking at in the TV set. 
So meaning your interactions in the world don't, are not differentiated from your interactions of sitting on the couch, absorbing everybody else's interactions on the television. So first piece, so why is that important? Well, that's important because part of the struggle that you run into when you're trying to break down these things, you know, like too many hours of the television or things that you're doing that don't serve you is that you've built habits and beliefs around them. So the habit can be longstanding. You may be habit, you may be a, an eight hour TV watcher since you were eight years old or four years old or whatever, but it's a habit. It's not a necessity and it's certainly not something that is, is important, but because it's become a habit, if you try to step away from that habit, you can encounter a lot of resistance internally. Um, so if you're encountering that resistance in the process of looking at these various things that may not serve and you're saying, geez, I, I really want to change this, except you don't know how, or you don't feel like you have strength or you don't know what to pay attention to, take a minute, as Jeff said, whether you go prayer, whether you go meditation, and just ask the question of yourself, how do I do this? And then see what unfolds in your reality. How do I approach this? How do I separate myself? What, what can I do differently? I mean, there, there's a lot of questions, but start at asking the question of yourself so that you can begin to see that your answers will come and your answers will come clearly. And that if you step into them, they'll unfold in amazing ways that'll blow your mind um, when you break out of those habits and those, and those belief systems. So um, that's what I want to add to what you were saying there. I love that you did that. That is such an important concept and principle. So thank you for adding to that. <clears throat> where, where my mind wants to go and explode on, on that thought process is all of us have been taught that someone else has the answer. And so that's why we read books. And that's why we go to classes. That's why we look for podcasts. This podcast is not going to tell you or answer a question for you. It's going to tell you to ask a question, which is what Jim just did. The answer is going to come from your higher self, from your spirit guide, from plant-based medicine. There are, if that's a path you want to pursue, the answer is in the Akashic records. The answer is in the collective consciousness. The answer is not from a human being. No human being can answer your question. You have to ask the question and then you have to get quiet and you have to listen for that still small voice to come back and whisper in your ear, maybe multiple times, maybe even through another, another person that's being used in some way by spirit uh, to just say something you didn't expect them to say, but it fits with the question you might have asked a day before or a week before, not to them, to yourself, to God, to consciousness, to source, to your higher self, however that works for you. But my goodness, what a brilliant reminder that Jim gave us is ask the question. If you don't know what to do, just ask. But don't ask me. Don't ask Jim. Don't ask. That's, that's why Tony Robbins says, I'm not your guru. Exactly. It's like, don't, don't ask me. You're your own guru. You, you have to take ownership of your life and go back to the basics. And if, you, if you're afraid to, I mean, it's easy to do what somebody else tells you, 
but that got us here. We're, we're experiencing this coronavirus thing right now because we listen to everybody else tell us how we should run this planet. And that mm -hmm. got us here to climate change and all the crap that's going on. Yeah. That got us here. That kind of thinking got us here. So now we're giving folks the opportunity to say, stop, let's pause. Let's go back inside and ask ourselves the question, how do I want to live a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? What changes do I need to make in my life that will assist me manifesting those changes individually first, then in your relationships, your primary relationships. And if, if there isn't alignment in those primary relationships, then that's your answer. That has to go away. Exactly. That has to end. Say, thank you very much for traveling with me this far. I love you. I honor you. We're not in alignment. I need to be honor myself, my own integrity. And this is important to me. And I, I want to move in this direction. I'll always love you. I'll care for you, blah, blah, blah. But I don't have to keep banging my head against the wall because we're not in alignment. Then you reach out to your family and the family will either be in alignment with you or not. And those that are great, those that aren't still love them be patient, kind with them, but don't limit yourself from pursuing the questions that you want to ask how you should be living your life and waiting for the answers to come back to you. You will get the answers. I mean, isn't there some scripture somewhere that says knock, ask, and it is given. Yes. That's <laughs> something like that. Seek and you shall find. Seek and you shall find. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great stuff all. And uh, we're going to let you ruminate on that for a minute, everybody, while we take a quick break and we'll be right back. So we were talking before the break about asking yourself, going inside in that quiet space in your mind, which is going to come from your reprioritizing your life so you have quiet time. Dear people, you cannot do this while you're driving. You cannot do this while you're engaged in conversation with someone else and you cannot do it while you're watching TV. This can only come from a quiet, meditative, prayer-like state, um, at which there are a wide variety. There's lots of different ways of doing that. Uh, a walk in nature could possibly provide that. Hopefully you might stop somewhere along the way, sit on a log, climb a rock, and then just contemplate. Go outside at nighttime, look at the stars, listen to the crickets. Let the crickets give you the answer. They'll chirp and frogs will mm -hmm. make sounds and you'll create a vibration. And before you know it, you're connecting to God, you're connecting to the conscious Akashic records, downloads, whatever you want to call that. You know, different cultures have called that different names for millennia, but it, it's a thing. You got to go find it. Challenge yourself to go find that and stop listening to other people giving you their answer because they can, I only have an answer for me. When people come in, most people come to counseling hoping I will give them answers for how they should live their life. And in the beginning of my 25-year journey as being a therapist, I used to give answers. And I would watch people make very minimal progress. Now I resist the temptation to be the guru, to be the idolized, oh, wise, powerful, whatever. And all I do is come up with really good questions to ask them, to ask themselves, and then encourage them to go and figure it out. Go try something. Do something create movement, create motion, evaluate, readjust, 
and keep going. Do that over and over again. Sometimes you have to go the wrong way to know that it's not the right way. And that's okay. That's okay. You did something. You didn't just watch more Netflix. Exactly. I wanted to take a second here because I, I think that it's important as a part of our closing process here to, uh, to talk just a little bit about prayer and meditation a little more in depth. Um, just, just for a minute in that, uh, I, I would like to, at least from my perspective, share a little bit about how I approach meditation because the idea of meditation can be rather intimidating. And, and I know as I observed myself in my own life coming into that, um, there was all this judgment about, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know if I'm doing it right, and how will I know if I'm doing it right, and what is it supposed to feel like, and what is it supposed to do, and how are you supposed to do it? And what I can tell you is that the bottom line is you just trying, your, your, your focus is to get into a quiet place. What happens in that quiet place is a lot of things. Um, initially, your mind is going to go absolutely crazy. The trick in meditation is observe it don't participate in it. But the other thing is to remember that when your mind wants to drag you off into a topic or some conversation or something, you have the power within that to simply refocus your attention to something else. And so when I meditate, I focus on a space between my eyes with my eyes closed. And I focus, I just focus into about, I don't know, two or two or three feet in front of me, but my eyes are closed. So it's not really, in, it's in my field, as it were. But just this focus, a gentle focus. It's not militant in any stretch. It's just a gentle focus. And I'm breathing. Second, most important part, breathing. Um, as you're sitting in that space, allow yourself to breathe. Even if you only do four counts in and out, keep the breath steady and present. And then when you start to find yourself being direct, distracted, when you become aware of the distraction, simply change your focus back to that point that you've picked. You don't have to judge it. You don't have to fight it. You don't have to argue with it. You just simply stop paying attention to it and it will go away. It takes time and it takes focus and it takes, it takes attention, but realize that every time you turn yourself back to that point of focus, you've just built that muscle and that strength exponentially because every part of your being is wanting to go there, whether you believe that or not, you'll know that once you get there. <laughs> Every part of your being wants to experience that expansion and growth. That's what you're here for. So don't let your mind and your ego distract you from that process. And don't let yourself be convict, convinced that you're struggling. Every meditation is different. Every day it's different. It is affected by what you eat. It's affected by what you drink. It's affected by the people that are in your world. It's affected by how you think. So all of those things are important to finding quiet. And in that space, you aim for nothing. Just focus, just being present in the moment of now, quietly. That's all. Without your body twitching and popping, without needing to readjust yourself, without all those things come. You know, one of my favorite things in meditation now is when I get into that space where I lose my body for a period of time. Um, and my body literally doesn't move for that entire space. And then I, when I come back into awareness of my body, I'm aware that I haven't moved a, a twitch. A nerve has not flipped in that time. And it's such an extraordinary experience to feel that level of stillness in your own experience. And then 
that becomes a contrast, which we can get into another time. But again, just a, a layer of understanding that it's, it's not, you know, um, prayer is great, uh, but prayer doesn't take you to quiet. Prayer serves a different function. That's a different engagement. And you can use them in the same context, but get quiet before you pray. Because then you're praying from the largest part of your place, not from the ego that wants everything fixed. Good info, my friend. Really good info. Uh, a metaphor came to mind. Uh, I'm going to use food or drink as a metaphor because there, Jim's talking about the two parts of mind. Soul spirit absolutely knows how to pray and meditate, how to ask questions to get still, wait for the answer, and receive the download. Soul spirit absolutely knows how to do that, has been doing it for millennia. Uh, it comes natural. It's just that ego part of our mind that just loves to still be online and want to try to play a game that it really isn't built or designed to play or participate in. And it's difficult for it to give up control. It's jealous. It, it wants to run our show and it's used to being busy and giving it something to do. You know, we've talked a little bit about this before in controlled remote viewing. We give the ego something to do while soul spirit goes out and does the remote viewing of the target site and getting those amazing hits and information that is, un, you know, really unbelievable, but very real. So this, the uh, metaphor that came to mind, it's like the ego would choose sweetened lemonade where soul spirit would just want lemon water, soul spirit would know, I recognize the purity and the nutrients from the lemon water. And I love that. I don't need the sweetener that ego would say, oh, give me the sweet stuff. Give me the artificial stuff. Give me the boxed food. Give me the frozen food in the box because the picture looks good. <laughs> the soul spirit is like, oh my gosh, it's not even food. Why are you eating that? <laughs> So this, this is a duality that we just simply have to be aware of. It's not something to fight. Uh, another thought comes to mind of uh, as you're trying to get quiet, inevitably there will be some irritating sound or thought like a fly comes into the room and your mind says, I can't do this unless I kill the fly, get rid of the fly or something. Honestly, if you just leave the fly alone, after a couple of minutes, it'll go find some place to land and it's fine just doing that. It's burning energy that it doesn't really want to fly around just for the sake of flying around. So as you get comfortable and quiet, so will the fly. As you get comfortable and quiet, so will your mind. And just let it, let it have its own little thing that it's doing over here, but just don't focus on it. Just let it be a little sideshow for a a period of time. And as you do get into that vortex or that place Jim was talking about, you, you, as soon as you get into that, now, now the really cool stuff shows up. But you guys are going to have to go experience it yourself. We can encourage you to do it. We can give some instruction uh, and hope that uh, you'll have some fun doing this and it'll, it'll uh, allow you to ask those important questions uh, to God, to your higher self, again, however you want to construct it in your mind, there's wisdom that is yours for the asking. We're encouraging you to go find it. I'm excited to be able to share uh, this kind of information with people to 
bring about how we want to live on this planet. How do we want to live on this planet? And hopefully it's not the way we've been doing it because that'll only get us back to here. Yeah. Amen to that. And on that note, uh, we are coming to a close here. Um, thank you all for listening. Forward to seeing you next time. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Truth podcast. If you would like to listen to more or to explore all our offerings, visit us on the web at www.adventuresintruthpodcast.com. We also offer video versions of our podcast. Visit our page on YouTube at Adventures in Truth Podcast. We would love to hear from you. Like, connect, and follow with us on Facebook. Want to book us for your next podcast or to speak at your event? Head over to our webpage at www.adventuresintruthpodcast.com at the bottom of the page and send us a note. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you again at Adventures in Truth podcast.